You raised 21 million during COVID. So it just goes to show how well you're doing and the attraction that you're getting. Yeah, well, we've raised around 30. Oh, it was around 30 in total, right? Because it was 6 million and then 20. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's probably more than that now. And that was within, you know, less than 12 months. Welcome to Startups and Unicorns with Belinda Agnew, your home to learn all things funding, scaling, talent, branding, and the billion-dollar dream. Finding out how to be a unicorn in a field of horses. Hear from industry founders and discover how to stand out to those who matter most to your business. With your host, tech startup fanatic, Belinda Agnew. I'm joined today by a very good friend of mine, Tim Dwyer the co-founder and CEO of LimePay. As we live in an age where market systems are continuously evolving, consumers and brands have always been looking for better ways of doing things, as simple as payments. Tim joins us on this episode and talks us through his experience, his success, and the lessons he's learned along the way. And recently, by the way, he has raised $30 million during COVID. So we're going to touch on that as well. Welcome to the show, Tim. It's so awesome to have you. Thank you for coming. Likewise. I'm excited to do this. No, me too. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself, Mm -hmm. LimePay, what does LimePay do, um, who's involved in LimePay. Yeah, talk about that. Let's start there. Big question. And, um, you know, it's been an exciting journey. I think some of my backgrounds come out of tech, which has been, which has been, Really helpful, to be honest. So, as in technical? Or? No, I was in the, um, you know, I was in the the actual property and architectural space before technology. We were doing some pretty cool projects, and and a lot of the projects were around this concept of invisible design, which was kind of like a, a cool concept to learn about, and it was really. You know, and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this, where you walk in to somewhere and it's not something that you can see or touch, but it's it's a kind of a, a feeling that you experience and that's yeah. the notion of invisible design. And, okay. you know, it could be a hotel, it could be, you know, some coffee shop, it could be just an office building. And it's like it, it, it's it's sort of kind of more than the sum of its parts and that f- sort of feeling is what, you connect with and, and you you know you experience. So in a bizarre way, that experience kind of fed into some of the journey of what I'm doing now, which is okay. you know you should be trying to remove the noise and let people focus on the signal. And I think when you do that, it, it kind of goes to that whole, you know, and it's weird, like Elon Musk talks about this. I'm not trying to quote um, a whole range of people, but he, he talks about, you know, boil, sort of the first principles basis. And if you mm. kind of boil it down, you get to the fundamental truths. And I think one of those fundamental truths is that whole, you know, if you focus on the signal, whether it's a brand and a customer experience, that's a, that's a truth that will resonate. And that's kind of a... A direction that we're going with LimePay. So, um, yeah, that's a cool story. So, yeah, and um, it's a it's a story that um, I think has given us a lot of value and, and given the team a I suppose a sort of a vision and a purpose to kind of go towards. 
But, um, you know, like all these journeys, it's it's just a it's a roller coaster. And you oh, would, yeah. You know, you we're talking know. about it before. Yeah. It's like more growth, more problems, right? That's right. Exactly. Well, it's we were like talking about it. It never stops. The no. hustle, the startup life, it just never stops. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's amazing. Like, I've got a lot of friends that are working in, you yeah. know, big corporates, um, you know, the lawyers and, and all, all the sort of traditional careers. And they see, I suppose, what you're doing, what I'm doing is, is glamorous, but they don't, they don't understand the, so twenty four seven kind of yeah. worry. It is quite lonely. Very. Um, there's just an enormous amount of stress. Uh-huh. You need to be comfortable with unknowns, and even if you have no idea, you've got to believe there's a path forward. And that's that's hard. You know, that's really yeah. hard. Yeah. So. To have faith constantly. That's right. Yeah, that's true. It yeah. Is. So it's like this isn't the end. It's just the beginning. Yep. And it's temporary. That's right. It's only going to get better, right? That's right. And, you know, so, you've got to do that for, like, sometimes your entire team. So yeah. everyone, you're saying to everyone, hey, you know, it's another okay. two days and we're rowing and we're going to get to, like, you know, land and it's going to be amazing and we'll find yeah. this new island. And you've got no idea. But you're you're kind of, you're inspiring your team to go in a direction that 100%. they're not quite sure about. Yeah. But, um, you know, you've got the sort of. You've got the faith that that you know. it's going to happen. Yeah. So, so tell us about like Lime Pay um, itself because it's it's in a really great brand that you've built so far. Mm-hmm. How did you meet your partners? Like, did you reach out to these people? Like, were they through networks that you knew? Mm-hmm. How did you meet them? And how did you know that they were the right people to take yeah. you on the journey? Great question. Um, it, it's you know everyone says that. And I think when you go through this journey, it, it's so true. It, it, it's it is the people that you bring along the journey that yeah, people that, build your business. That's right. It's the so people. and um, I, you know, I completely agree to that. And you know, great people are hard to manage sometimes, and and you need to be comfortable with um, uh, being wrong. But um, in terms of line, psychologist, pa- literally, yeah, <laughs> along the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you do. You, you do need to have a. Uh, I feel like you do need to have a psychology degree, even for yourself sometimes. But um, the um, in terms of the the line pay journey, you know, it was pretty clear to me that um, credit, not by now later, but just the way people experience purchasing in credit. Mm-hmm. Was well, was changing forever, and Afterpay was just starting to do this, and um, it was it was interesting. And how long ago was this? Are we talking? This was early four years ago. No, no, this was this was um, kind of early 2019. Okay, so so not long ago. Yeah, not too okay. long ago. And it was when Afterpay was starting to to um, shoot up, and um, what it was clear was. Similar to um, similar to iTunes and the, the kind of record industry, people mm-hmm. wanted a credit relationship just with their products and it would start and end with that product. So you pay off a pair of Nikes and then you don't have this huge legacy credit mm-hmm. facility with like, annual fees and interest yeah. and all that stuff. So, and third party as well. It's like right. receiving third party emails. You're like... That's right. What the hell so, is LimePay? I didn't know I signed up to LimePay. Y- well, that's right. And um, <laughs> I think, you know, what I saw with with some of these other models were 
you play this forward mm. and merchants are going to be um, caught in this marketplace situation. Mm-hmm. No different to an eBay, no different to Uber Eats, no different to a Groupon. Merchants are, I suppose, being guided by what consumers want, but they're mm. not quite playing it forward. Yeah. So we were the only solution, and we still are, that's putting the brand first. First. So you're the only solution in the world or Australia? I'd that's say, offering well, brand yeah, first. We, we look, we look um, at everyone and I'd say it is, the, it is the world in terms of the sort of nice. extreme side yeah, yeah. of our focus and our innovation is, is on the merchant because, you know, we believe that the merchant has their customer's best interest at hand, mm-hmm. you know. So if you focus on the merchant and how to better connect them to their customers and build sustainable lifetime value, yeah, that's our you know that's our true north, and I think that will play out, and it already is, and you were seeing sort of the maturity of Binapolator here, and um, it's pretty scary kind of what, what's happening in the space, and people don't realize it. So, can you tell us about what's scary? What's scary <laughs> is should we be scared? Uh, I think as consumers. Well, I don't, well look, no, no, not not really consumers, more merchants. Oh, merchants, okay. Yep. So, as in brick and water, we're talking, or as in merchants that are signing up to third-party providers. Okay, it's pretty because um, it, it's a lot of loss leading. It's a lot of steering customers to more profitable merchants. It's Got it. Shifting customers. Um, data isn't really data. That's yeah. right. So okay. you know, merchants yeah. are like, well, I had all these great loyal customers, and now they're getting promoted to some other competitor because they've got a better rate with you know this. So and so. Yep. Got it. So, And you guys don't offer anything like that. You're 100% loyal to the merchant That's right. and based on what they're offering. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So can you talk about um, what your team is doing right now? Like what are you guys up to? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you're plugging into in the next like six to 12 months? Can mm-hmm. you talk about something? Sure. Look, I, I, that nobody knows, by the way. Yeah. It needs to be something that Oh, okay, <laughs> that no one knows? Sure. Um, well, look, in terms of the team, uh, I'd say we are blessed with with one of the, the greatest engineering teams. Um, are they all based in Australia, by the way? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, we've got- um, It must this, be very expensive. I think all good engineers are, right? They are. Um, so we have this amazing office. Um, this is sort of old warehouse, New York style office, and we've got a yeah. whole floor dedicated to them now. And so a wow. whole floor of engineers. Uh, and I think the great thing is, is that we don't have any tech legacy or debt. We've had some engineers come from some some major um, companies mm-hmm. that we'd all know of. Um, and they were saying, you know, even in a stronger way than this, that their eyes were watering just from how bad the code and the tech and things were put together, whereas we've started from the ground up. So we're innovating oh, wow. faster than anyone else. And it's exciting what we've got and what we're doing and what we're bringing to the market. And um, it will change the game. So, yeah. I'm excited to see the journey. Yeah. I mean, you guys have done so well so far. So yeah, you yeah. raised... 21 million during COVID. So it just yeah. goes to show yep. how well you're doing and the attraction that you're getting. Yeah, well, we've raised so, around 30. In- oh, it was around 30 in total, right? Because it was 6 million Correct. and then 20. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. So it's probably more than that now. And that was within, you know, less than 12 months. 
and they were no VCs. They were 100%. We've got some um, institutional investors in there. Okay. So some big institutional investors that uh, everyone knows, but also there's a lot of incredible high net worth individuals that- That are bringing um, value to the table as well. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Well, they are, and they've come from, um, they've come from the CEOs of, you know, a core hotels, for example. Yeah. And they understand the importance of what we're doing. So they're backed it. That's amazing. Well done. And how long did that take, I guess, because you said like in the space of months, but I guess when you were going in and pitching to these high net worth individuals, mm-hmm. like it might, it takes a lot to really, you know, get these people on board or interested. Mm-hmm. You know, people pitch all the time and yep. somewhat, you know, um, are quite savage with what they say. Mm-hmm. Like how many times did you have to pitch until somebody said yes or were they just saying yes every single time? Good question. It was uh, in terms of first of all, you've, you've got to find the right people to to talk to to align with to align with like that invest into fintech, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, sure, when it was when it was very early and and um, it was really just a concept. Yeah. Um, there are a few people that it wasn't a no, but it was just you know too early. But in when we did find the right people that actually believed and understood where the space needs to go to, yeah, um, I think we spoke to fifty high net worth individuals in the space of in the space of probably a month. Wow, fifty yeah. like face to face interaction. No, phone, a lot of it was on the Zoom. phone, um, okay. and uh, it was probably probably a bit longer than a month maybe a month and a half. Because a lot of entrepreneurs um, that would be listening to this, they struggle, A, to find these types of people. It's like where do you find these individuals? Mm -hmm. And B, like what should the pitch be like or what should it look like and Mm -hmm. how – what, what are they actually seeing? Are they seeing the founders? Is mm-hmm. it the team? Obviously, that's important. But how much of it is the product versus the team? Is it a 50-50 split or is it they're more invested into you and the team that's running it mm-hmm. versus the product, right? Yeah. But so, so we, can we go back to the first question? So uh-huh. where would you find these types of people? Is it LinkedIn? Is it through networks? Yeah, it, it's, like, it's, let's- it is through um, – and look – you can find these people. If you're starting off, you can find these people. Mm-hmm. They are, um, you know, and there's a lot of great people that have connections to high net worths as well. So uh-huh. if they believe in it, then they'll open up their networks as well. And that's a good way to leverage those people. And Got they, it. So, um, you know, and some people are family offices, advisory firms to high nets. So there's a lot of people that... Um, they do private equity deals. So they look for new opportunities where mm-hmm. they can bring to, you know, their their uh, network. So. so so you pitched to 50 people in 30 days and how many of those 50 people said yes? So it was probably about 48, which wow. was pretty impressive. What a conversion. Yeah, it was. And, and one or two of them, um, it was just a... Uh, a lack of time to get things organized. Okay. So it wasn't really a no, it was just um, they didn't have the So they were all bandwidth. keen to get in. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well yeah. done. Yeah. And I think it's, um, there were, you know, it, 
sort of all these small things have a compounding effect. You know, time, Afterpay was was going through the roof. Um, mm. They needed the brands were talking about something new and different and we were sort of, you know, had, had those things in our favour as well. So. And this happened four years ago, so you've you've had Lime Pay for around four years, is that right? Not as not as long as that. Probably um, we well that round was was closed at the end of 2019. Okay. So yeah, so around two years. So, so how long have you guys been active in the business with so, everything. yeah, I mean, look, 2019, early 2019, uh, we had some really small merchants on board. They loved the concept. And then end of 2019, we started building a team and um, got some great people. They were saying, you know, if you can bring some investment in, we'll join. And they left um, and took a leap of faith because, you know, they were all, they were all yeah. you know, fantastic in their own right. And um, so there's a lot of pressure and the time was closing because end of year, it was coming up to Christmas and, um, you know, no one knew, but it was months away from COVID really. Mm-hmm. You know, start of 2020, you know, sort of January, February, March is when COVID really hit. So yeah. we did it just before, before those issues. So. So did you like because I don't want to talk about it too much about no. COVID. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> yep. it's so overused. It is. But during COVID, when you did the raise and all of that, did you know that contactless was gonna be a thing? Was that like an accidental type thing for you? Or was it kind of pre-planned? Because mm-hmm. you guys would have skyrocketed through throughout COVID, yeah. right? Because yeah. uh, people that's all they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um so, like, was that an accidental thing for you or was this all pre-planned? Well, look, we were never thinking there'd be such a strong shift to online and a lot of that behaviour is going to just last and play out and will only get stronger, the oh, online yeah. presence. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, COVID accelerated a, a change in behaviour. It also accelerated brands in terms of, hey, we got to get all our stuff in order actually be fully functional online so they had just a backlog of stuff that to get through um so you know it, there was a lot of noise that year yeah but I, I think in terms of what we were doing um it made a lot of sense because brands were like well hold on there's so much happening online so mm-hmm. many brands are going online spending investing online so, so many yeah so they were like well we've got to now focus on how do we um connect to, to our customers better mm. online, you know, even customers that never shopped online before. How do we connect, approach? How do we um, strengthen that relationship? And that's what we were doing, like, before COVID. So, it, it, so you're just all about building throughout, yeah. Yeah, building that brand. You spoke about um, how you won Puma, mm-hmm. one of the biggest brands, you yep. know, in the world. So how did that come about? Was it like a BD approach? Was it through a network? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, how did that happen? Look, we got a lot of exciting brands like Puma now yeah. lined up wanting mm-hmm. to join. Puma was um, one of the, the great ones and um, they, uh, they're actually, um, they're, Doing um, some some further promotion with us, okay. And, um, as in brand wise, or as in um, no, as in they they're looking to do a couple of talks with us around. Oh, cool. Yeah, around um, nice. Why this direction is important, and for Puma, they've they've. That's going to be huge for yeah. you guys. So is that like an event that they're running, and there's you're jumping on and talking? Yeah, okay. some events coming cool. up. 
So, um, and it's, it's exciting because, you know, a lot of brands are understanding that there is a problem here in mm-hmm. terms of the whole buy now, pay later space. They're yeah. unsure of what to do. And now when you've got some great brands like Puma saying, hey, our customers are more loyal, they're spending more with us, you know, mm-hmm. they're not being eroded. It's, it's really good to have that, that recognition. And um, yeah. winning Puma was, was great because they are a, a really good, well-known brand and um, and they've, you know, all, all the things that we knew to be true, they've, they've shown that. So Nice. That's exciting. When is that happening? The events? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Soon, like in, in the next It's in, in the making of, of no, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's in, in the next month or two. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have know. to jump onto that. Absolutely. You should announce it on LinkedIn and, and share it across because yeah, I think a absolutely. lot of people will be interested in absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's really good for you guys. You get so many signups yeah, in the retail that's right. space. Yep, that's right. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so, you know, you've gone in, you've raised $30 million. You guys are moving so fast uh, and as we know, growth comes with, you know, lessons Mm -hmm. and teething problems and people and culture and everything else on top of that. Mm -hmm. So what are the lessons that I guess you've learnt over the last, let's say, six months um, that you could share with us or or share with people that are listening uh, that could help entrepreneurs along their journey? Mm Mm-hmm. It's no different to any company that's growing really fast. Yeah. And we were kind of chatting about this, right? It's the same things with people, challenges around culture. Culture's huge, people. Culture's huge. Yeah. yeah. That's the most difficult. That's right. I think, yeah. And I think what everyone needs to remember is it is faster alone, but it is further together. So Absolutely. So you do need to have uh, – I think this is really a superpower is you need to have – a lot of EQ as well. So mm. you need to understand. And just can you explain what EQ is to the listeners well, if they don't know yeah, what it's, that it's is? It's emotional intelligence, right? Yeah, yeah. It's knowing, um, it's it's reading and, and sizing people up, their personalities, knowing how to get the best out of them and and building that, that mm-hmm. culture and also knowing when things aren't going right and being direct to those people are you it. transparent like are you one of those bosses or i would say leaders not bosses uh that has like those one-on-one meetings coffee catch-ups mm. so you're constantly doing that absolutely to see, yeah because a lot of people don't do that right yeah. they just send across an email like you know fill out this form and mm-hmm. let us know like your thoughts on so and so and how we can help you further your career and sign them up to a bunch of courses along the way yeah. to you know yeah. uh, excel whatever they're doing yeah. but you know, the importance of running a good culture is, you know, actually interacting and asking, Absolutely. are you okay? Totally. How can I actually help you? Yeah, You totally. know, and be genuine about it. And I think that's not really happening in workplaces anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, Gary Vee talks about he's like 600, no, almost 700 staff. Mm-hmm. And he takes off like six months just to do that. Yeah. Three to six months just to meet with his team one-on-one. Absolutely. You've, so, you've got to do that. And I think, you know, having that one-on-one time, as you, as you said, um, allows people to talk. So you've got to be really good at listening. Yeah. You've got to ask the questions that you know that need to be asked, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it could be something simple, just like, you know, how you, how are you going? Yeah. And, um, like, are you okay? Exactly. Yeah. Are you okay? And um, like letting people, yeah. letting people, you know, talk. And, um, you know, we've got uh, a great um, person on our board, you know, Willie Pang, he's the CEO of Mediacom. 
Mm. And um, he's fantastic. I mean, he has three, four thousand people underneath him. Wow. But, um, you know, he'll, he'll come to the office on Friday and he'll look at me in the eyes and he'll be like, how are you going? And it's like, do I break down in tears? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. you know, like, but it's very it's, genuine. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, that's, that's what you need for your team. Oh, absolutely. And, um, because yeah. everybody's going through something, right? That's right. And um, yeah, that builds a great given. culture. And I think the other thing is, I always believe that let the best ideas win out, not the not the biggest personality. So, you know, when it comes to running a business, growing where we need to go, it's bringing everyone in a room, not, mm-hmm. you know, doing it sort of piecemeal or on email or Slack. Yeah, yeah. Bring not the whole company, but the right people in the room, mm-hmm. talk through it and then get to the the actual right decision. And that actually- I love that, yeah. And that's a, that's a really um, important thing because it, it – it just lets people um, not only argue their their point, but also think about kind of their point of view better because they're also being challenged. Mm. And it's not, you know, you can have wonderful, colourful arguments and as long as there's respect with the whole team, yeah, you know, people that, that you know, um, feel heard, yeah. you know, actually feel validated and you, that's how you build great culture and direction. And, and no, I agree. And because like a lot of <clears throat> these guys can get caught up in day-to-day, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when you have these like, oh, they actually care about me. They care about my opinion. That's I actually right. have a voice. Yeah, wow, totally. this is great, you yeah, know? Exactly right. Uh, and they just excel in their role that's plus right. more. You yep. know, if you give, they give more. So, right. yeah, it's it's a win-win situation. Um, so I'd love to know your opinion on, because you're so much about brand first, brand mm-hmm. first, you know, let's, you know, help the the merchandise and they can help their consumers and, and so forth. Whereas like Afterpay, ZipPay and all these other brands, I guess they're building a brand on the back of these merchants, mm-hmm. whereas you're putting their brand first uh, rather than your own. Correct. So what's your take on brand identity and what's a, what advice can you give to people that are building a brand? Mm-hmm. This is the this is the the question, right? And this is the question. This is it. <laughs> and it's you know no no matter if you're a one man band yeah. out of a garage yeah. or you are a global you know fashion retailer your unique story and your meaning to the world and to customers mm-hmm. is everything, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever whatever size you are. So, and that's what we believe too. Mm-hmm. And we believe that customers should be connecting to that and they should be building loyalty around that. And that Matt, that that is as important from the start of the journey to the end. And we really are focused on, you know, empowering that towards the end, which is I want to buy this. I have the choices with this merchant and now I build loyalty, all those communications with that brand. Um, I go to that brand to see what else there is, but to, you know, um, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's, we're trying to close a loop for a customer and a merchant in a, in a unique way. And there's challenges with that. you know, all the others, they end up promoting customers to a whole range of other brands and we don't do that. Mm. And um, you get caught into the same sort of pricing with, with other third parties, which is just not not what we do. Is your pricing competitive or well, is it kind our, of like market price it, well, with Afterpay and Zipay? Our pricing is different, I think, is the right approach. Okay. It's, it's more about, you know, let's build 
sustainable lifetime value for this brand rather mm. than, hey, let's just give you the cheapest buy now, pay later rate because what we're doing is we're using those customers and then promoting them to, to merchants that Correct. are smaller that pay a higher rate. And that's mm. like, you know, that, that model is doomed and I think we're seeing that with merchant feedback. So, um, and, you know, the, it's like the data as well. I mean, everyone talks about data and... Um, I know what what's kind of the point of it sometimes, but I think it it's becoming more and more relevant, especially when you see Apple saying, "Hey, we're not going to share this with you know um, a whole range of other yeah. providers." It's like, well, now if it's huge, yeah, it's like if I know that you like buying these items at this time of the year, um, why would you fishing fish that yeah, out to everyone yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's so you know, true. You should be it's like, so true. You should be really um, careful. On that. And that's what we do. We're like, yeah, hey, we, I love we, that. You know, so you're loyal. Yeah. To, to the merchant. Because yep. it's interesting. I don't know if you know, have you heard of Clubhouse? Mm-hmm. You have, are you on Clubhouse? Uh, no, no. Oh, my but, gosh. I'm obsessed. Like, I'm addicted yeah, to this heard, app. Yeah. So it's already evaluated at $1 billion. Mm-hmm. Like, just on the data. They're not even monetizing. They're not making any money. They're not selling anything. Yeah. So their evaluation is based on the people that have signed up to the app. That's right. So it just goes to show how important you know, right. data is. Because totally. once you have the data, you can literally do anything mm-hmm. with that, right? Yep. You can sell anything yeah. pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So I, I love that you've got the loyalty there to, to the merchant. Mm-hmm. Um, let's finish it off with a couple of questions around, I guess, yourself. And um, we talked about your story and, you know, your upbringing. Uh, what's your childhood like? Like- you know, your parents, do you have siblings? Yeah. Like, what were you like in school? Yep. Did you know that you always wanted to be, you know, an entrepreneur? Like, yeah, talk about that. I'd love to know. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that's, um, I've never actually been asked that. You know, my, um, my family had two sides. My dad's side were all, um, intellects, doctors, you know, oh, as wow. far as you could go back you okay. know, all in, in med- medicine. Um, wouldn't know what to do with a uh, hammer if, you know, it like hit my dad on the head, but he'll read, you know. <laughs> so he's not a handyman. No, no, but he'll read, you know, every Stephen Hawking's book and things about the wow. cosmos. So, yeah, he's a, he's a really smart guy. Okay, um, interesting. And you'd think that being from such a conservative, um, in a way. Upbringing, upbringing yeah. Um, that he'd be trying to push certain direction but yeah he was just absolutely supportive of everything that i was doing and wow. uh, you know i was just i would be doing some crazy stuff but he'd be like you know if you're passionate and you believe it then Aww. i want you to be the best at you know even if you're selling you know socks out of your bedroom <laughs> like as long as you are wanting to be the you best at that it. yeah then you know I, i'll support wow. you so he was he, he's you know incredible like that and That's my mom awesome. and my sister are um well, my mom's side is is just the crazy side, right? You know, it's always that whole yin yang of like very kind of. So your mom's crazy. He- she- my mom was crazy, yeah, and um, and so was my sister, I think. So they're very strong personalities too. Yeah. So I think the good thing is that um, I was used to um, being called out all the time. There was no tall oh, okay. poppy so syndrome. So it was blunt, yeah. Very, very Are unfiltered. you Australian, fully Australian? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So very, um, yeah, very blunt. And, wow. You know, my, like I'd, I'd be, you know, going into co-working space and my mom would say, you know, 
you're, you're secretly just the janitor, aren't you? You're not doing anything. You're just cleaning bathrooms and. Well, know, like that's just, a bit savage. Yeah, but no, just like, you know, as in, you know, she was just, she was always just like that's trying to so make fun. Funny. And it was, um, it was good. What did your you mom know, do? She, um, well, actually she was a nurse. So yeah, she was oh, a nurse okay. as well. But okay. she was just, yeah. So she she's not crazy. that crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, but she did a lot of charities with a lot of um, homeless people that oh, had okay. mental mental challenges. So she was used to. That was like kind of her energy. That so was her she was energy. Used to, yeah, yeah, and I they get it. loved her. That, you know, you'd have crazy people from the street coming up and hugging oh, her yeah, from nowhere. Enough. And they were you know, drug addicts. And oh, they'd always wow. be like, yeah, they, they, you know. How nice of her, though. Yeah, what a so, Kind soul. And no, what about was. your sister? What does she do? So, look, she's in, in um, medicine as well, funny enough. So, she's a physio um, and my brother is in New York and he um, is yeah, he does um, a whole lot of Bitcoin stuff. So, a bit different. Oh, so wow. He's in, yeah, okay. He's in, in and finance. And you're like, the oldest or the, the youngest? Oldest. The oldest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, they all fell into medicine except for your brother, brother and myself. And yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, wow. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah did, you know, did you know that you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? I think so. Like from the very early on yeah, stage? Well, you know, and I, I actually, and hopefully this resonates with some people, but you know all those stories, and Gary Vee is, is one of those guys where it's like, oh, at the age of Go get shit five, done. I was, you know, you know dealing like basketball cards. Yeah, like, basketball cards. I, I, I never had any of that. Really? I, yeah. Like I knew I wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. Probably because I was pretty average at, you know, a nine to five, right? And yeah. It wasn't where my passion was. Were you a bad uh, employee? Um, like, did yeah. you just sort of rock yeah, up yeah. late and never do your work and stuff like that? Well, I wasn't ever inspired. <laughs> okay. And to, I to think, to yeah. Out, yeah. And um, not that you need <laughs> to um, do your own thing to be inspired, but I felt that creating something and going from zero to one was the most exciting thing. Creating mm. something from nothing, it was that whole. You know, if you take the sort of, uh, you know, back in the ex- the days where people would explore, it was like leaving the rocks. Like you're yeah. actually setting out to find something different. Mm. And that's just so liberating. I mean, it's of there's course, part survival yeah. to it. Yeah. Like it's like, hey, we could die out here. But there's quite, you know, <laughs> there's, there's something like there's something sort of uh, liberating to that too. It's like, hey, it's we're like, not just doing it. What happens if it flight. works, right? Yeah. It's like we're going to do something. Yeah. We're going to experience something different. And um, that was always there. But, um, yeah, you know, um, always knew and felt it. And it's That's not cool. it's not um, glamorous in a lot of ways because you are in the trenches for a long time too. You will have oh, yeah. to understand the worst lows of um, financial pain and stress too. Oh, yeah, right. every day. Yeah, that's right, every day. It's like day. every day got to burn out something, right? That's right. So the fires, where are they? Come you, at me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you got to be ready. That's right. So, I mean, you know, you experience this as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But it's um, knowing how to deal with, yeah, really low times is is part of It's difficult. Part of it, and that's, that's not easy. So what do you do when you're in the low times? Like, where do you go? Who do you turn to? Do you have a mentor or a coach Um, or do you just kind of turn to yourself mm, and be like, hey, Tim, you know, just like relax, okay, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's um, Look, I think it's all those things. I think people do say it lightheartedly but I I can definitely um, vouch for it is that having a really good routine of eating right, waking up, 
doing exercise makes a massive difference. You know, exercise um, in the morning. Yeah, or, yeah exercise in the morning. Okay, it's yeah. just it's really good for you. I mean, and obviously there's all that which everyone can do, but things that are easy to do is also easy not to do. So a lot of mm. people don't appreciate as much as they should. That's true. Um, but in terms of you know the low times, it's um, I think you know you can draw inspiration from so many people. And, you know, even you listen to podcasts or listen to YouTube videos and um, you're like, wow, there's there's people that have been able to go through so much worse and hearing their stories, reading their stories, understanding how they managed to get through. It's, it's you know, you can draw a lot of inspiration from that as well. That's true. And especially um, when you have such high expectations for yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you kind so, of like beat yourself down a totally. lot. Totally, yeah. So yeah. do you have like a certain group of friends? I mean, are they the same friends that you had when you were younger? Mm. You, you had the same friends when you were younger? Or yeah, I've got some really friends? good friends. Yeah, some really good mates. That, That's good. Um, again, they'll they'll be genuinely interested in how you're going. And that is, yep. that is you know, That's rare. That's rare, right? very like, rare. That's rare. And I think as you grow older, you can sort of, your friendship circles just naturally get smaller, but they get more quality, quality. and that's what you want. Mm. So you invest more time in that. And, um, yeah, I, I've got a few really great friends like that. And like I said, you know, even. That's amazing. You know, board members on the team right now and even our own team and um, family as well. It's, it's, you know, all those things you can get a lot of great support from. So. Because it's hard to like, I guess, you know, when you hit a certain level and you have all these people around you, people come into your life for agendas, right? So they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I want to be friends with Tim because he could possibly, you know, get me in so-and-so or he could help me with so-and-so and I could just like feed, you know, or, or learn from his mistakes, whereas they're not really giving you much value mm-hmm. in any way. They're just coming here to, to eat, right? Yep. So, yep. like, how do you pick – obviously, you can pick those people out, but um, do you have friends like that that are just – business agendas like do you call them friends mm-hmm. or the people that you have around you um are they just you know working in a normal job and happy with their life and live in the suburbs like what are these types of friends that you have around you yeah you, uh, you know as you would know you're so busy throughout the day doing your own thing that it is hard to have time for yeah everything and um i think for me i do pick who I want to kind of spend the time and connect with. Mm. And um, some of those people, yeah, they, they do need a lot of things from you, but they're the right people to make sure that you're delivering that too because they're obviously helping out in other ways. And 100%. everything, you know, and, and I think everything is connected. So, but again, um, people that, and I think giving back is, is great too if it's genuine, right? Mm. People are genuinely struggling and you can give back in those moments mm. just through something that you could share or advice or anything I agree um, I think that's there's a lot of value and that you know that, that's um, I think that's something great that anyone can share too so yeah cool and lastly um, we want to share with the listeners what's like the best advice not not advice I would say but uh, I guess if you were to leave anything with anybody that is kind of starting out their journey or halfway through their journey uh, or even in, in their career, like what advice would you give somebody starting out 
uh, like three things, like, you know, it could be grit, you know, persistence um, and, uh, you know, being genuine about your approach. Like what are the three things that you could leave somebody that's really helped you get to where you are today? Mm -hmm. (sighs) They say it and it, it is true is I think you need to have passion for for what you're doing and that's that's like pretty well known Mm. but um it does build longevity around everything that you're trying to do in terms of you know i i really am enjoying this even though there are hard times so you can't be thinking that this is like going to be great forever yeah but i think that's where you start um i think as well it's not wishing that things were easier, but actually Uh wishing that you were better. Mm -hmm. So how do you become better in a situation is what you need to focus on. Not, hey, I wish this was easier. I wish I had more luck. I wish this happened. Yeah. It's like, you know, just focusing what you what you can control. Um and I think as well, when you're starting out, it's it's go as far as you can see because, you know, when you get there, you will see further. It's like Get to the top of the hill because you'll see out from that. Mm. Go to that, then climb the mountain. You'll see further from that. Mm. So it's, it's you know, keep going and you'll get and see much further. And when you look back, you can connect the dots and you're like, wow, you know, like that, that all added, you know, added up and it worked out the way 100%. I wanted. So, like people could be hustling for five years or six years, let's just say, and see nothing. Mm-hmm. And then the, the seventh year, you're just like, holy shit, That's my right. life just changed overnight, exactly. you know? That's it right. just takes one thing to work, right, yeah. out of, you know, yeah. the hundred things A lot of didn't. persistence, a lot of hustle. Yeah. Um, it is tiring. You need to understand when you are burning out, how to manage that, and, um, you know, there's some simple ways to do that. Mm. But, um yeah, it's a roller coaster, so you need to be prepared. It definitely is. The highs and lows. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate it. If anybody wants to um, reach out to you, where can they uh, reach out? Like LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn. Do you have yeah, an Instagram yeah, handle? Um, don't really have too much on Instagram, but LinkedIn. <laughs> you like, don't add me on Instagram. No, well, I don't really. I don't really. Um, have LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah, yeah. LinkedIn. Um, and LimePay is just limepay.com.au. Yeah. .au. Do you have .com? Uh, we do. Okay, cool. So dot dot com dot au. Cool. Yeah. Or awesome. dot com and we'll revert. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for Brilliant. being on the show. Thank you. It's great. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Startups and Unicorns with Belinda Agnew. If you haven't already, please subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. Ployed is the only flat rate recruitment product helping companies scale talent without breaking the bank. For more tips and value, follow us on our socials via at MMSOfficial and at Ployed.co on Instagram. Connect with us on LinkedIn at Employed, or get in touch directly with Belinda by following her at Belinda Agnew Official.